That's right. Welcome in. It is uh, a tradition unlike any other. The 2023, the latest installment of the IdahoSports.com live state girls basketball tournament preview show. We are coming to you live tonight on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. My name is Brandon Bainey. We'll be with you for the next 90 minutes, 15 minutes per classification, breaking down all of the brackets, all the matchups, all that juicy state basketball info that you are craving. So welcome in everybody that's watching tonight, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. First of all, thank you. We really appreciate you being here tonight. First time we've ever done this on a Monday night. Usually we do it on, on the Tuesday night before state, but of course, uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So we uh, we pivoted, we shifted. We're doing a little Monday night preview show. And so for all of you that are here live, thank you. If you want to give a shout out to your favorite team or your favorite player, drop it in the comments and we'll throw it up on the screen. If you've got a question for us, uh, we'll throw it up on the screen and, and answer your question as well. And as you're sitting there tonight, if you could uh, hit the like button, uh, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, uh, hit that uh, share button as well. Share it on Facebook, retweet on Twitter, um, and hit the subscribe button on YouTube. That helps everybody that can't be here live tonight that wants to watch tomorrow or maybe even Wednesday. Uh, it helps them find it a little bit easier. So if everybody could just do that, that would be uh, fantastic. All right. Without further ado, the guy that's been awkwardly just lingering on camera here for the first two minutes of this show, <laughs> Sean Kane is with me. Uh, so we are starting with our 4A girls basketball preview. So all my 4A fans, where are you at? I want to know which school is going to get the most shout outs here. Who does everybody think is going to win the 4A girls state basketball tournament? Uh, Sean Kane and myself will be broadcasting this tournament for idahosports.com, Sean. So let's go ahead and throw the bracket up on the screen here and get into this bad boy. You see uh, they've kind of flip-flopped it this year. The number one team used to be on the top. They're all the way down on the bottom now. So Shelly is the number one overall seed. Uh, it was it was hairy there for a moment. They had, yeah. to, they had to survive. Uh, basically, they had to survive the um, – the, uh, third place game at districts on Saturday night. Um, but Shelly does make it Blackfoot. The team that beat them in the district six championship is the uh, number two seed overall. And right away, Sean DJ OJ says Shelly's winning. Do you, <laughs> do you concur, Sean? What do you think? Oh man. I, you know, I, I've liked Shelly all year, but I, I mean, you know, I could potentially see an all East Idaho final with Shelly and Blackfoot and, you know, Shelly's one and two against Blackfoot. It could be tough, but I think definitely Shelly has one of the all-around best players um, in 4A, if not in the state right now on their team um, in Cannon. And so, you know, when you have a really good player, uh, you have a great chance at state. Yeah, Brindley Cannon, junior point guard, five foot ten, is already committed to BYU as a junior. Uh, Amber Whiting certainly knows a thing or two about Idaho girls basketball players. Um, so it's pretty impressive that as a junior, she's already uh, gotten an offer and committed to the Cougars, which means she'll be a Big 12 player by the time she's uh, stepping on campus, which is pretty uh, incredible to think about. Shelly gets Twin Falls in the opening round. Twin Falls also had to survive on Saturday night, Sean. They beat Jerome in a hotly contested third place game that really could have gone either way but twin falls and head coach mike amaya are in uh they are full of athletes but can their athletes keep up with this shelly pressure defense i think will be the big question there for the bruins yeah i, I would agree i think 
Shelly's got a little more size than what Twin Falls has, and uh, Shelly really can get out and transition very quickly, and I think Twin Falls is going to have a hard time defending that. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Twin Falls handles uh, the pressure that Shelly likes to throw at them defensively, like I said. Uh, again, as a reminder, everybody that's tuning in tonight here on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account, it's our live State Girls Basketball Preview Show. We'll be talking over the next uh, 90 minutes, 15 minutes per classification. As you're sitting there, you want to hit that like button or share this. That'll help everybody that can't be here live tonight uh, come back and find it a little easier tomorrow or the next day. The most intriguing matchup to me in this 4A tournament, Sean, is, is that 4-5. Pocatello, yeah. the 4 seed. Bishop Kelly, the 5 seed. They actually played in the regular season at the East Idaho Holiday Shootout. You were on the call for that game for IdahoSports.com. BK won 55 to 52. What do you remember from that matchup? Uh, it was just a back, back and forth game. You know, uh, Pocatello Thunder have Garza down low. The BK has not down low. Um, they've got two kind of big players down low, and it was back and forth. And that, you know, kind of the defense was the difference. BK put on a lot more pressure defensively with their guards in the front court in the second half. And I, and I kind of thought that was the difference. They're able to create a few turnovers and um, you know, BK is a hot team right now. They're uh, you know, they've won a ton of games in a row, 11 games in a row. And, and their only loss to a four, a team was at that tournament. And that was skyline um, who didn't even make the tournament this year. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother. Maybe we'll talk about that on the East Idaho prepcast uh, that we do each week where we talk about East Idaho sports. Um, yes, BK is is one of the hottest teams coming into state. Um, they were playing Columbia in the District 3 championship last week, Sean, at ICCU Arena in, in Boise, and they got into a hole early. You know, they were down, you know, uh, 10 points, like within the blink of an eye. They never panicked. Um, and then they pretty much outscored Columbia two to one, you know, two points for every one point for Columbia uh, from the uh, second quarter on. So uh, they've also shown a penchant for digging themselves out of early trouble. And you're right. This is all about the battle of the bigs underneath. Kennison Garza at six two, um, just impressive size and, and good mobility for a player. Her size is one. She's only a sophomore, so there's room for her to grow for Pocatello. BK's got that one-two punch of uh, Addie Heiler and uh, Caroline not underneath. And so um, that will be a battle of the bigs inside. I feel like the winner of this game could potentially give Shelly, if, if Shelly were to get there, a good matchup in the semifinals. And of course, Pocatello famously split with Shelly this year. Uh, each team won at their home venue, I believe is how yep, that went. Yep, correct. So, all right, top half of the bracket. Let's look at Blackfoot and Columbia, uh, the two versus seven. So Blackfoot, the two seed coming in, they beat Shelly twice this year. Shelly's three losses have come to Blackfoot twice and Pocatello. Uh, Blackfoot beat uh, Shelly in the regular season, and then, of course, 58-55 in the district championship game. Shelly had a chance at the game tying three with about 10 seconds left. Cannon shot it long. The more I look at this Blackfoot team, Sean, and head coach Ramey Odom, the more I'm just continually impressed. They won the state title two years ago. Famously were upset by Skyline in the semis last year as they were trying to run it back um, and now have all the pieces in place again to make another deep run. It's been a good three-year run here at Blackfoot. Yeah, I've been kind of big on Blackfoot all year. You know, you've got 
um, some really good players with Espy Varga and um, uh, Marley Piper have just been scoring tons of points in bunches, and they're 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 going to be tough. They're going to be tough to beat. But you know, on the on the other side of that, Minico's got one of the highest average scoring girls in the state um, as well, uh, twenty four points I think per game for Carly Lada. So I'm, you've got some high scoring capability on both these teams. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. This, this top half of the bracket to me is also very intriguing. A comment from Sam Buffington, our number one fan up North. Hi everyone. Just wanted to say, thanks for doing this. Hello brackets. Painting. Hey, <laughs> good to see you, Sam, as always. Uh, let's, let's talk about Sam's neck of the woods. The Sandpoint Bulldogs come in as the number three overall seed. They are the champions of district one, two. I had a chance to talk to their head coach, Will Love, uh, earlier uh, this morning, Sean, and he told me that they're finally healthy. Uh, they had a couple of key players out for a pretty extended stretch of time. If you look at when you watch Kelsey Cessna play, she's got like a huge brace basically on her knee. She's going to have to have surgery when the when the season's over. Um, they were missing their two senior captains uh, for a little stretch there. So for Sandpoint, they're finally all healthy, and they play basically positionless basketball where all five players are capable of bringing the ball up, going down low to score, or stepping back and hitting a three, and that can be really tough to defend. Yeah, um, you know, up north they're they're they've been called the law firm Stalker, Cessna, and Banks, and I kind of love that name for those three young ladies, the law firm. And um, yeah, they they both all three of them average in double digits, and I I think it's kind of like selfish basketball, like you said. They're a team kind of willing to do whatever it takes to win. If the one person has a hot hand, they'll let them continue to shoot shoot and. Um, they also play really, really solid defense and don't give up a lot of easy baskets. Yeah, Aliyah Strock is uh, kind of the point guard. And then uh, Banks, as you mentioned, is the tallest player. She's about 5'10". Um, and then also uh, they've got uh, Driggs uh, that also averages 9.9 .9 points per game. So Sandpoint really has four players, basically, that average double figures. And that can be tough to defend. Uh, Minico, the sixth seed, they've got CJ Lotta, and she is a great ball handler, a tremendous point guard, very smooth, just a junior for Minico. Uh, in the, in the district four championship game, Sean, I was on the call for that game on IdahoSports.com. Minico beat Jerome by 20 to win the district title. And yeah, Lotta played well, of course, but to me, the big uh, X factor for Minico at state could be Audrey Gonzalez, their shooting guard. She hit five threes in that game. She finished with 18 points total. She was our IdahoSports.com player of the game. So if Lada's doing her thing and they're also getting outside buckets from players like Audrey Gonzalez and um, some of the other contributors like the Stroud uh, girls, um, I think Minico could be a sneaky upset pick over Sandpoint. Yeah, Minico's probably the second hottest team coming into the district tournament. Six-game win streak, able to finish out your conference and take care of business. So they're they're a team that's on a, a nice streak here too and uh, sets up a really good matchup with Sandpoint. For sure. And then Columbia, the seventh seed, you know, their record is 14 and 10, um, but they played a lot of good 5A schools. They played the Boise Brave, which we'll talk about here at the 5A breakdown in a little bit. Um, they obviously played Bishop Kelly twice. Uh, they they played a really challenging, rigorous schedule. Uh, Lexi Robertson's a great shooter for them. Columbia isn't super deep. That's kind of where they've run into trouble this year is against teams that have deeper benches uh, than them. And so uh, we'll certainly keep an eye 
on all of that. Who's your who's your okay, Sean? Give me your favorite, your dark horse. Oh, okay. And and uh yeah, give, just give me your favorite and your dark horse. Okay, I think my you know, if we have to go with today, my favorite is going to be Blackfoot um right now and then my dark dark horse is I don't know how much of a dark horse it is, but I kind of think BK is sneakily one of the one of the better teams kind of um peaking at the right, right time with some kind of uh, depth and senior leadership there off. I think they're they're pretty good. <laughs> That is, that's a, that's a pretty good combination there. Um, I will tell you my favorite is Shelly. I'll go with the t- the top overall seed overall. And I want to hear from the, uh, the four, a fans in the, in the chat. What do you think? Who's the favorite? Who's the dark horse that's lurking? Um, I like Shelly as, as the favorite, my dark horse. And again, it's not much of a dark horse. Uh, I'll take Sandpoint. I do think Sandpoint, I think their trickiest matchup could come against Minico. And then if they get past that, I think the way they defend, they have a really good chance to to take it in from there. Um, but I'll go, man, that pokey BK matchup for oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, uh, well, Lisa, here, here's a comment, Sean, from Lisa Lazama. She says, BK, all exclamation marks. Now, I wonder if this is the, is this the mom of the Lazama who's the one of the guards on the team? Yeah, Ki- Kira Lazama. Uh, she I, played phenomenal. She was a big difference in that game against Pocatello. So uh, she played some hardcore defense, got rebounds. She's definitely not the tallest girl out there, but found a way to get rebounds and uh, had a pretty impressive game against the Thunder. So yeah, she she's a difference maker out there. Yes, Kira Lazama is a is a fun player to watch for sure. Um, yes, uh, BK Pokey. I think Pokey. I don't know. They're they don't have a single senior on their team, and they, they haven't been to state since 2014. So that can always be an eye opening experience when you first get to state. So um, I kind of like BK in that first round matchup there as well because they've they've been here before and are used to to the experience of state. So I'll go I'll go Blackfoot Sandpoint BK Shelley. I'll go Shelly Sandpoint in my final, and I'll take I'll take the Russets. This is the Russets' first trip to state as well since uh, 2016 or 17. So, pretty exciting times for some for some new blood here, Sean. You know, last year, you know, Burley, they're gone. They they didn't make it back. Middleton, you know, they're at the 5A level now. Um, Mountain Home didn't make it this year. A lot of new blood this year um, at the uh, at the 4A state tournament. Here's Jacob Eck. Bunderson from Pokey is about to go crazy. Taylor Bunderson. She's really played well off the bench for the Thunder down the stretch here. Yeah, and you know, that's like you said, that's a it's a hard matchup, right? The uh, Pocatello and Bishop Kelly is just gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be a coin flip. You know, if Pocatello gets hot from outside the three-point line, uh, they could definitely find a way to win this game as well. Yeah, Jacob says also Thunder up. And Paul Ward says, Pokey versus Shelly in the championship. I got bad news for you, Paul. They're on the same side of the bracket. So that would be the semifinals. But uh, maybe the de facto championship. I don't know, depending on what happens up top there. But uh, either way, we're very excited to bring you the 4A uh, state basketball tournament from Timberline High School right there in the heart of Boise. Um, And it should be a really great time. Uh, Okay, when we come back on our state tournament preview show, we will uh, start breaking down the 3A brackets. We'll bring on uh, our 3A broadcast crew. Uh, so stay tuned. We're coming back with more live coverage. It is the 2023 IdahoSports.com Girls State Basketball Preview Show. We're Valleywide Country Store. For 100 years, we've been your number one choice for food, fuel, 
farm supplies, and just about everything else you could need to get you through your day. We know you work until the job is done, and so do we. For gas on the go, or a little extra to help you get down the road, you can count on us. We are proud to employ your neighbors and to be a cornerstone of your community. We're Valleywide. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we're here for you. Welcome back to the, uh, here, let's get that 4A bracket off the screen. Make that a little better. Okay, uh, let's bring in Lucas Gebhardt. He is part of our broadcast crew for the 3A state basketball tournament. Uh, This is going to be, uh, you're going to be on the call with Lance Taylor. I am sending Lance a text right now to see if he's going to be able to join us um, on the chat. But Lucas, good to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm breaking down the brackets. I'm I'm at home in my element here. Um, let's, yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Okay, so we are talking about the 3A girls state basketball tournament. Let's put this. Uh, let's start with this comment here from Melanie Clark Olson. Go East Idaho. I don't know if that was for our 4A discussion or the 3A, but. I'll tell you what, spoiler alert, there's really good teams from East Idaho in both classifications. So with that being said, let's pull up our 3A state tournament bracket. Uh, right away when you get a look at this, Lucas, what stands out to you? Well, uh, you know, I, I think you hit on it at the at the top that it's, you know, flipped. So the one seed's now at the bottom of the bracket and the two seed's up top. So, Um, you know, I think the thing that stands out to me the most when this first came out is, you know, we're using the max prep rankings now. So Sugar Salem, Weezer, that four, five, I thought, you know, I know there's a lot of good teams in three, a but I thought, um, they could have been ranked maybe a little bit higher. And, you know, even Teton as a six, you know, you said there's a lot of good teams out, out East in, in Eastern Idaho. So Teton definitely a team that could be dangerous in that six seed and, Really, when I when I kind of look at this, is I see six teams that could potentially go through the state semifinals. Um, and, you know, with Snake River and Timberlake as the one and the two, I do like them to advance uh, at day one and go through the semis. And then, you know, outside of those two games, those two games in the middle, I I think those both those games could really go either way. Yeah, this is a very loaded bracket. To me, this is the most wide open of any of the state tournaments that we're going to talk about tonight because Snake River. Timberlake, Parma, even though they stubbed their toe recently, Sugar Salem, Weezer, Teton, really, you know, the two teams from, from central Idaho, you know, district four, Filer and Buell, they're the two bottom seeds. I think they have the hardest um, job only because their opponents in the first round are both really good, but you're right. I think there's six teams that can all advance here. So let's start with snake river. They're the number one overall seed. They've got a, Man, when they're feeling it from three-point range, they're almost impossible to defeat. Uh, Snake River challenged themselves uh, with their schedule this year, and here we go. Our first Panthers fan, Campbell Dunn, says the Snake River, Pan- Snake River Panthers get it done. Ten years since their last championship, restore the roar for the Panthers. What What do you think? What are Snake River's chances of navigating through this bottom half of the bracket and getting to the championship? Well, I think they're really good. Um, Snake River's the number one team in this bracket for a reason. Uh, like you said, they had a tough schedule this year, you know, went at 4A Blackfoot early in the season and just really ran through this schedule. Um, one of their losses is to American Fork, which is a school out of Utah, and that was only a three-point loss. Uh, Snake River's 
quite possibly got the best player in the 3A tournament as well. You can maybe argue at some other classifications as well. And Riley Eldelson, um, you know, she was an All-State player last year. Uh, probably will be an All-State player again this year. I think she's probably the best player in this bracket. Um, and then I think the other thing that Snake River has going for him is what what that viewer just hit on is that it's been 10 years since this team has has won a state championship. And for a lot of the other schools that are in this bracket, that's sort of the longest drought out of some of the some of the favorites. So I think this is this is going to be a hungry team. This is a really, really good team. Uh, 20 wins on on what was a, an, an incredible schedule that they had, you know, 20 and three entering state tournaments going to speak for itself. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, yeah, you mentioned Riley Edlison, the great point guard. Um, Reese Baldwin can also, you know, fill, fill up the bucket. And Camden Dunn uh, has the potential to really get hot from beyond the arc for sure. Here's Jenny Adams-Gilbert. Go Snake River. These girls are amazing. Yeah, all my 3A fans, give your favorite team or favorite player a shout-out in the comments, and we'll throw it up on the screen. Or if you've got a question for us, We'll throw it up on the screen as well. And while you're sitting here on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account, uh, if you could, please hit the like button and then also share this because not everybody is able to be here for the live show. They'll want to come back later tonight or tomorrow or even Wednesday to view this. They'll be able to find it a lot easier if you if you like this and then share it. That just helps with the social media algorithms. Okay, also on the bottom half of the bracket, we've got Sugar Salem and Weezer. This, to me, is the best game of the opening round. Weezer is a district champion. They beat Parma in the District 3 final. Sugar beat Teton in the District 6 championship. Lucas, this is a game that I was broadcasting um, for IdahoSports.com. Sugar got down by by, uh, 15 points early in that game. They never panicked. Slowly chipped away at it. Kennedy Gillette got the, basically the two game-winning free throws with nine seconds left. Teton had a shot just before the buzzer. It rimmed out. Sugar won 48-46. Got that auto bid to state. In the process of that championship game, Kennedy Gillette also crossed 1,000 points for her career, Lucas. So this is a Sugar team coming in with some momentum, but so is Weezer. They just knocked off Parma in the district championship. Yeah, uh, you know, Kenny Gillette's a girl that's averaging a, just shy of 20 points a game uh, coming into the state tournament, so definitely a dangerous player there. But Weezer is 21 wins, and they're the five seed. So, I mean, this is a, a team that you cannot sleep on. Uh, that, and they, they just went and won their district tournament. Uh, they finished third in the Snake River Valley Conference in the regular season, and then they're, they're playing their best basketball at the right time. They're coming into this state tournament as winners of – five or six in a row. So I'm just glancing at the sheet here. And then the game before that was an overtime loss to Fruitland, which is another good team that didn't end up making the tournament. Um, and Weezer is an interesting team because a win Thursday here would put them in the state semifinals for the first time since 2010. So that's going to be a 13 year run if Weezer is able to win that. So that would definitely be a special win for this program. Uh, Sugar, on the other hand, you want to talk about, programs that are just battle tested i mean up and down this athletic department sugar salem is doing nothing but making runs in state tournaments and winning state championships i mean they've won i i think it was every single winter championship last year including girls basketball state champions coming into this one um so this this is sugar's a team that knows how to win and you know, you, you just look at any program in their athletic department, and and you can see that they have, they have athletes that they can throw at you from any different direction. Extremely well coached, and uh, Crystal Daly. So 
Uh, yeah, Sugar are definitely a dangerous team. Um, I think that's going to be the game of the opening round. I think that's definitely going to be the best one. And uh, to me, that game's a pick em. Yep. Elizabeth says, Parma Panthers, best defensive team in 3A. And not that I didn't believe you, Elizabeth, but I wanted to double check. And you're spot on. Parma on the season allowed 31.1 points per game. Best in the field, best in all of 3A. Weezer not far behind at 33.2. And then Timberlake at 35.2. But man, Parma really gets after you, smothers you defensively. And this is kind of a younger Parma team as well. You know, they went on this great run over the past couple of years with uh, Austin Harris and all these other, and now it's like the next generation of siblings have come through and yeah. it's, it's the same last names, but it's new players. Yeah. It's seven sophomores on this roster. Uh, they just have one senior. So uh, I, I believe they're the youngest team in, in the tournament. And you know, for Filer, for example, doesn't even have an underclassman on their varsity roster. And meanwhile, Parma's coming in here with, with seven seniors and another dangerous team. 19 games is what they want on the year. Um, you know, this is a team that returns uh, Riley Calkins, who's an all-state player or all-league all player, rather, from, from a year ago. Um, so, yeah, Parma's another really dangerous team. And defensively, I think, is anytime you, you give up 31 a game, defensively, you know, they always defense wins championships, right? So, I mean, there's the best team defensively in the tournament is, is Parma there at the three. And that being said, I think they have an incredibly tough matchup with Teton on Thursday. Yeah. Scott Coons uh, agrees. Teton will blow them out. Scott says, um, I, I don't, I think it might be closer than a blowout Scott. Uh, but I, I really do like this Teton team. Um, they've got Porter wood in the middle, uh, could give Parma some problems. I think uh, Porter Wood, uh, even though she's only a sophomore as well, um, she has good size uh, for the center position. Um, and Teton, I'll, I'll ask you right. Well, let's let's break down the final matchup, and then we'll we'll talk about underdogs and or dark horses and favorites. Timberlake, the two seed. Filer, the seven seed. I think Filer is getting undervalued a little bit. They went fifteen and nine this year, and they kind of just quietly went about their business. Um, they you know, played Snake River twice, lost uh, decidedly. I guess it's a good thing that they're not playing Snake River in the first round. Uh, but they, they held their own in their district. And and the big wild card is always the teams from the north. Timberlake comes without having played really any of the same opponents as anybody else. So they're kind of the mystery team. Yeah, and it's sort of interesting the, the way the max prep rankings kind of decides how good these teams from the north are because they haven't played anyone really from Southern Idaho. They're playing a lot of out of classification uh, games. So a lot of 4A, 5A, even, you know, 3A, you know, down to 2A. Uh, and then they play a lot of schools from Washington and, you know, some from Montana and Oregon occasionally and in, in, in there. So uh, yeah, Timberlake, definitely the wild card, only team in the field that has not played another team from this field. So they're the only team that has not played another team that has made this state tournament filer on the other hand i mean you said it brandon just quietly going about their business uh the regular season and the district tournament champions out of the sawtooth central idaho conference down there in the magic valley uh this team had a, had a really good month of january um you know a couple blowouts here and there but you know it's only one game and so if you can put together you know four quarters one time that's all you need for an upset 
Um, you know, that being said, Timberlake's still a very good team. I, I think Timberlake does end up winning this game, but yeah, Filer, 15 wins, 15 and nine coming into this one. So, um, and they, they've been to the state tournament. This is going to be their fourth year in a row that they've been to the state tournament. So an experienced team at that as well. Yeah, Kimberly was the preseason favorite in that conference. Not only did Filer win the conference, but Buell also knocked out Kimberly for that second and, and final spot to state. What an accomplishment for first-year head coach Jessica Montgomery, formerly Jessica Twos, one of the best girls basketball players to come from the Magic Valley in, in, in the history of that area. So, um, okay, my favorite facts about Timberlake. They went 8-0 against the state of Washington this year. So they're pretty much the Washington champs, right? And they punched yeah. up. They played some bigger Washington schools too. They didn't suffer their first loss of the year, Lucas, until they lost by four to Coeur d'Alene, the number one overall seed at the 5A tournament. I'll tell you what, because of that, Timberlake is my favorite to win the 3A championship, I think. who Who is your favorite and who is your dark horse? Yeah, I, I think it's... You know, I, I do think we'd just see a Snake River Timberlake final. Um, you know, it, it's tough to say. I, I, I mean, those are your two favorites right there for sure. Um, but the favorite is probably going to be uh, Snake River. Um, and that being said, I think a dark horse, I, I really like Teton in this one. This is a team that went to the state championship last year. Teton's a school that could throw athletes at you. Uh, probably the most athletic team in the tournament talking with Lance a little bit before this one, that's uh, he, he's seen Teton a few times over there in East Idaho. Um, he likes this team a lot too. They're a very athletic team and those teams are always dangerous, especially if it gets into a track meet as well. So uh, Parma, you know, you look at a school like that, they better knock down some of their shots on Thursday because they don't. Teton's going to take that ball, run up the floor. And you know, if that thing gets in turned into a track meet, Teton could, definitely win that game. But I, I do think the two clear-cut favorites in this bracket are definitely uh, Snake River and Timberlake. Yeah, Scott says uh, Teton is also young, but all the kids have experience from last year when they played Sugar in the championship and lost. Lindsay says, go Snake. I wonder if she's related to Riley. Uh, Teresa, uh, Trisha also says, go Snake. All right, my underdog. Uh, I also kind of like Teton, but I'll, I'll say Weezer. Weezer is my dark horse. Um, I think Weezer could could find themselves playing in the semifinals. And, you know, if they hit their shots, could get to the championship. And then Timberlake is my favorite there. Real quick, before we duck out, I also want to highlight it's our 3A players to watch, Lucas. You've got Megan Montgomery from Buell, Jocelyn Bailey from Filer, Riley Calkins from Parma, Riley Edlifson, Snake River, Kennedy Gillette from Sugar, Reese Coons from Teton, Sierra Sumas from Timberlake, and Toby Neuer the great point guard for Weezer. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just a jumping off point of uh, some of the players that you should keep an eye on. Um, who Who's the player you're most excited to see play here at this tournament? Yeah, I, and there's a, I, I'm over here in Boise. So there's, you know, outside of Riley Calkins on, on Parma and Toby Nora from Weezer. I'm, this will be my first time seeing it, really any of them. So <laughs> You know, I, I'm excited to see Riley Elvison. I think she, like I said, I think she's, from what I've heard, is that she she's legit, is that she's a really good player. Um, and then Kennedy Gillette out of Sugar is another player I'm excited to watch as well. Everything I've heard from her is, uh, you know, lives up to the hype. Um, just crossed the 1,000-point mark in her career, like I said earlier, and uh, that's definitely quite an accomplishment. So, But I, I think this is a very deep bracket. Like I said, I could see 
anyone at six teams winning their games on on Thursday and Friday. I think both those semifinals will be close, and you know, I, I think there's a lot of really good players in this bracket. Yeah, um, we've got some comments coming in. Uh, Elizabeth says Riley Calkins agrees with you. Uh, Eric Coons, Teton baby, Reese is a beast. Reese Coons, get ready, Parma and Timberlake. Uh, and Alfonso having a good time. Hey, you're a wrestling guy. What do you know about basketball? Because uh, we do our weekly Matt chat prep cast every week as well. And Alfonso is one of our diehard uh, wrestling observers there. So, all right, Lucas Gebhardt will be calling the 3A state basketball tournament along with Lance Taylor on IdahoSports.com. Uh, looking forward to the coverage from you guys and big thanks to all of our 3A fans uh, that tuned in. We will take another break and we will come back with the 2A state tournament preview right after this. You're watching the 2023 Idaho Girls Basketball State Tournament preview special here on IdahoSports.com. Taking the hard path isn't always easy. It takes courage and determination to do hard things. Putting tobacco and vaping is possible. You decide when. We'll show you how. Learn more at projectfilter.org or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That's right. Welcome back. It is the IdahoSports.com State Girls Basketball Tournament Preview Show. Brandon Maney joined now by Joel Richardson, part of our broadcast team for the 2A State Basketball Tournament. Joel, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. Just uh, chilling here in Washington, D.C. At, uh, at the hotel here doing some doing some work for the for the for the full time job. So. Yes, that's right. Uh, and so uh, you're going to be uh, joining our coverage later on this week for IdahoSports.com at the 2A state tournament. We have a couple of residual 3A comments I want to get up on the screen. Jacob Eck, one of our great wrestling contributors. I'm just here to cause some chaos. T-Wolves busting up the bracket, talking about Teton, uh, the sixth seed at the 3A state tournament. And then Scott says, yep, that's what Teton does. <laughs> causes chaos. So there you go. Hey, Definitely. all my 2A fans that are watching here, uh, we want to hear from you. Give your favorite school, give your favorite player a shout out. We'll throw the comments up on the screen. Uh, if you've got a question for us, uh, we'll throw it up on the screen as well. And thanks to everybody who's watching on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Um, while you're while you're parked there checking this out, if you could hit that like button and then also the share button, that'll help everybody that couldn't be here live tonight circle back later on this week and find it a little easier. So without further ado, uh, Joel, let's go ahead and break out our 2A bracket. And let's start with the number one team. It's all the way on the bottom. So the brackets used to have the top team on the top. Now it's all the way to the bottom. I've, I've had to retrain my eyes as I look at this. But this is, I mean, the Melba Mustangs come in as the only undefeated team still playing girls basketball in Idaho anywhere. And they are kind of the overwhelming favorite. They'll get Declo, the eight seed, right away. But man, this Melba team is so good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, District Three champs. They defeated a really good Cole Valley Christian, 54-44. and they were the defending state champs last year. Uh, I think I think Melba here is a strong. I mean, I don't want to uh, you know uh, spoil anything, but Melba is definitely the the strong favorite in this two A. But who who knows? But yeah, that that first round is going to be tough for Declo to overcome. A very strong Melba Mustangs behind that senior Kendall Clark. No, she's she's awesome. Can't wait to watch her. Yeah, and man, when you look at this Melba lineup, they've got so much height. I just don't know how anybody 
in 2A is going to be able to counteract. You know, it's one thing to take on one player with some size, but when you look at, you know, they've got 5'10", 5'10", 5'10", right across the board, Kaylee Wilson, Hallie Arnold, Kendall Clark, and then, oh, by the way, they've got a six-foot sophomore coming in off the bench, Taraya Carter as well. So, man, Melba's got the size and the skill. Um, they, of course, fell short of the championship game last year, uh, lost in the semifinals. So I know uh, Coach Dave Lenz and his girls are very motivated to uh, to atone for that. Uh, also in the bottom half of this bracket, Joel, you've got the four and the five. And this, to me, is one of the most intriguing matchups, probably the second most intriguing matchup to me. Ryrie, the four seed, West Side, the five seed. We were on the call for Ryrie's District 6 championship win over North Fremont. And then we both right. thought, man, North Fremont is really good. Um, if they got that last spot via the play-in game, it wouldn't surprise us. But we also said it wouldn't surprise us if Westside got that last spot either. North Fremont, after beating Westside twice in the regular season by single digits, lost by two. So congratulations to the Pirates for qualifying for state. And, boy, what do you make of this 4-5 matchup? I, I think we've been talking about toss-ups all night. This is one of those toss-ups. I think uh, I think Ryrie eventually probably uh, on paper Ryrie wins this game, but look, Westside's coming with some with some momentum. Like you said, they played North Fremont a couple of times this year, lost all those games except for the one they had to win. So Westside, hey, they got nothing to lose right there. That five seed that that kind of barely squeak, uh, squeaked into the uh, to the to, to state, and so they come in with some of that momentum. Uh, but I don't know, man. Ryrie, we saw them play, like you said, some great players in that. Brianna Scott, number zero, right? She averages like 11 points. Um, she's got some size too. Audrey Parkinson, they, uh, uh, Maddie Andres, and so some some good players on Ryrie. I think Westside has some momentum with that Natalie Lemon, the, the senior Natalie Lemon, uh, kind of leading the way there. Uh, but I think four or five toss them. I think Ryrie ends up taking it. Yeah, Westside went 16-8 and eight this year. They definitely played a challenging schedule, um, but their losses have come to, you know, they lost to Malad twice in the regular season. Malad went into districts as the, as the two seed, and then they went two and out, which was kind of a head scratcher. Um, right. We mentioned they lost to North Fremont twice. They obviously lost to Soda three times um, in the district's uh, tournament and regular season. So when you look and you're like, boy, eight losses, well, I mean, there's seven of their eight losses right there, and they're to all really good teams. So I think West Fremont is, or West Fremont, West Side is kind of an unknown. Um, and after beating North Fremont, we'll see what kind of momentum uh, they can roll with here. Um, Eric, Co sorry, I, I got to bring up one more 3A thing here. So, sorry, Joel. No all the 3A guys are infringing on your time. Eric is a big Teton fan. He says, Brandon, I was told you commented Fruitland was going to beat Teton by 40. Uh, I will tell you, Eric, that I may have said Fruitland was going to win. And honestly, I don't remember, but I never put point totals on how much or a team is going to win by. So I will say that I definitely did not say Fruitland would win by 40. That's not something I would say. I don't put point totals on. I just say, yeah, I think this team probably will win. I never put point totals on that. Okay, back to the bracket. <laughs> Let's go to the top half where we've got uh, Soda Springs, the number two seed overall. Ambrose is the seven. Jacob X says, Soda is too scrappy. Yeah. Cardinals slaying the Giants. I don't know how much, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many Giants you can slay as a number two seed, Jacob. And Jacob admits, 
basketball is a little foreign to me. <laughs> Trying to figure this out myself seems a little bad. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the Chiefs uh, uh, Kelsey saying everyone doubted us this year. You know, <laughs> as uh, as the number one team in the NFL, saying we, we got to find a new like a new a new line for these for these number one teams to 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 motivate themselves, right? Because uh, no one's doubting the Chiefs, no one was doubting Georgia to win it all, except but but players from both teams commented that right oh everyone down to this all here like no one's down in soda springs jacob i guarantee that yes uh soda springs was one of my favorites last year going into the 2a state tournament um they lost to coal valley by uh nine in the opening round and then from there they rebounded to beat both north fremont and ryrie to win the consolation title so this is a um this is a soda springs team that is very very talented. Jacob says the Giants was a reference to Melba's size. Okay. Yeah, that uh, makes sense now. Now that makes sense, Jacob. Yes. Yeah, when you look at this Soda Springs team, they are definitely guard oriented. Genetti Garbit, such a great floor general. Zippy Somson might be my most favorite name in the entire tournament. Alexa Moldenauer is also a fantastic shooter. Um, so, yes, it is Soda Springs bringing the guards. We'll see if they can counteract some of that size from some of the other teams. They're going to get an Ambrose team right away, the seven seed. They won the play-in game over Kellogg on Saturday. They had to go all the way up north to Lewiston to earn that win. So you know Ambrose is a team that's battle-tested. Plus, they're in the same conference as Melba and Cole Valley. So you know that they saw a lot of good competition this year. Yeah, I was going to say they were number three in that in that conference, right, which is nothing to, to shake your head at. That's really impressive, especially with Cole Valley and and having to face Colvell and Melba, and their record was pretty good too. So I, I, I watch out for the Ambrose team definitely. That, that's a great point. All right, and now the matchup I think is that is going to be the best in the opening round: Coal Valley Christian, the three seed; Grangeville, the six seed. I think a lot of people are sleeping on this Grangeville team. They're young, but they're so well coached by Michelle Barger that I think Grangeville is a team that could be really dangerous if anybody overlooks them. Uh, Cole Valley, of course, the defending champions, they lost a lot to graduation, but they did bring it back a couple of key players. Um, and of course, they had to play Melba five million times this year, just like Ambrose did. So Cole Valley is still the defending champs until somebody knocks him out. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you talk about Grangeville. There's a reason why they received votes in the last in the last coaches poll that we had, I think, a couple weeks ago. Right. People, at least the coaches, respect Grangeville. They weren't, you know, top, but they definitely received votes. And Michelle Barge, like you said, really good coach. And I, I think this is interesting. They're averaging 46 points a game. Opponents averaging 44. So they're they're right there on offense and and defense. Um, I, I I like that. I like that. You know, a, a, a picking Grangeville as a, as a sneaky kind of number six, taking out uh, Cole Valley Christian. But man, I don't know. Cole Valley has, they have five seniors and they have that great junior, fre- uh, a couple of juniors and that good freshman, Trinity Halsinger. Um, I I would, I think number six at uh, Grangeville is a, is an interesting pick there, but I think Cole Valley Christian, because they're having to face Melba, they know what it's like to, to win. I think they'll pull out that one, but definitely Grangeville. I, I, I like that pick if you were to pick an upset. Yeah. And, and you're right. Grangeville might be a year away. Only one senior this year in Natalie Long. Grangeville to start the season, Joel, traveled to both Melba and Cole Valley Christian on the opening weekend. They lost to Melba in the season opener, 56 to 31. Then they lost to Cole Valley the next day, uh, 57 to 42. So what's that? A 15 point loss um, for sure. So, uh, but that was again, 
all the way back at the very start of the season. Right. Both teams have gotten better, um, but the results don't lie either. Um, Jennifer Woods Bunderson says, go Thunder. That's Pocatello. Go Panthers. That's Snake River. Go Cardinals. Soda Springs. <laughs> go Grizzlies. That's Grace. So Covered everybody. Jennifer, Covered everybody. I'm telling you, East Idaho's got a lot of good teams uh, going over to state this year. Um, it's going to be really fun. Scott says, Cole Valley beat Teton in a close game earlier this year. I think that was at the Ryrie Bulldog shootout. Ryrie hosted a, an early December tournament where Cole Valley came over and and played really well in that tournament. All right, Joel, I will ask you, who is your favorite and who is your dark horse when you look at this bracket? Yeah, it's kind of cheating, right? But my favorite's going to be Melba. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not really fair because they're just so dominant, but I, I they would be my favorite. Um, the dark horse, man, I was thinking about this all day, actually, like who, who could take them out? And I think, I think familiarity, uh, would be key here. I really want to go with soda. I love someone's mentioned soda scrappy play, especially they just have great, their players have great names, but I think familiarity wins out. I think Cole Valley Christian, they played Melba. They could maybe scout them a little bit better than maybe someone else. And if someone were to beat Melba, I think it could be Cole Valley. Okay. I will go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to co-sign Melba as the favorite. I have to. Um, I will say, yeah, you know what? Just to be contrarian, yeah. I'll say I'll say Soda. Soda's like my it. favorite. I, That's great. Because, I mean, you never know. I mean, Soda could match up with Melba very well. Um, Soda played a very challenging schedule this year. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Soda as my favorite. And I'll take Grangeville as my dark horse there. Uh, before we duck out, we also want to highlight our 2A players to watch. This is a pretty impressive list here, Joel. Ellie Thorne from Ambrose, and she's a younger player. Yeah. Hadley Fraz from Cole Valley. Bryn Silcock from the Declo Hornets. Madeline Green from Grangeville, just a sophomore. Kendall Clark of Melba, we talked about. Bree Scott, great guard for Ryrie. Janetti Garbett of Soda Springs. And Natalie Lemon from Westside, the great senior um, that you mentioned as well, Joel. Which player are you most excited to watch? Uh, again, it's kind of it's kind of boring, but I want to watch Kendall Clark, right? She's got an offer, a couple offers, I think, from 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 uh, to go play the next level. I'm really excited to watch Kendall Clark. You and I saw Bree Scott play for Ryrie, which uh, she was a lot of fun. And I would like to see Bryn Silcock from Declo. I want to see what she can do against this really good Melba team. Yeah, that's a good one, Bryn Silcock from Declo for sure. Uh, one last comment here before we duck out. Paul says, "My dark horse." is the Ryrie Bulldogs. And yes, they also have very good potential. They've got a lot of great size. McKinley Bond, especially underneath, is tough to deal with sometimes. So and, Yeah, and, and we've talked about Brandon, right? When you have size in tournaments, when the shots aren't falling, you're in a new new gym, hard, hard, to, hard to hit those threes, hard to hit those buckets. But if you have some size, go down low for those easy buckets. Size can win out uh, as you go throughout these tournaments. So that's a good call. Yes. Well, Joel Richardson, you're going to be on the call for the 2A state tournament along with Jonathan Drew. Very excited to uh, see how that all shakes out. Uh, and again, every game live on idahosports.com should be a lot of fun. Joel, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Now get back to work. All right, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Hey, this was fun. Thanks, everyone. Good luck. All right. See you, Joel. Uh, okay, we will take another break. We'll come back and preview the 1A D1 girls state basketball tournament with logan green and clay hatfield stay tuned for that we're back right after this on the idahosports.com girls state basketball preview show later
is here. Cool, thank you. I was in an accident. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I have my seatbelt on. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com live state tournament preview show, Girls Basketball Edition. Brandon Maney joined now by Logan Green and Clay Hatfield, our broadcast team for the 1A D1 Girls Basketball Tournament. Logan, how you doing? Good. I feel a little out of place here with my naked face. You guys have such thick luscious facial hair faces and i'm just over here just trying good thing you're a professional broadcaster yeah that took that took a lot of effort to spit that out that was <laughs> that's right that's right no logan's been the word logan's been very busy uh <clears throat> ahead of the tournament for us for sure so i totally get it clay goatee looking good how you doing clay yeah i got man i got the full beard going on don't sell me short Oh, it's the lighting. I can't. I couldn't really see it in the lighting. There you go. Okay, yeah, it looks good. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. It's weird being on this side of on this side of things. I'm just used to being a voice, not a face and a voice. Yeah, well, we appreciate you. Uh, you know, taking the plunge and hopping on with us. All my one A D one fans, we want to hear you in the comments. Uh, we want you uh, giving your favorite teams and players shout outs, and we'll throw them up on the screen if you've got a question for us. Um, we will also uh, throw that up there as well. Uh, Paul Kingsbury coming up uh, in a little bit to talk the 5A tournament says, did he say luscious? Yes. I think he did. Yep. <laughs> Word of the day, luscious. All right, guys, let's get to this 1A D1 bracket. This is an interesting tournament outside of the top team, right, Logan? When we look at number one overall, the conversation has to start with Lapway. Yeah, I mean uh... – how many have they won? They won it in 2022. They won it in 2020. They won it in 2017, 2016, 2015. They played for the championship in 2014. They played for a championship in 2013. That's 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 just the last 10 years. I mean, you look at that one, two, three, four, five state championships and two more appearances. Um, it, it, it starts with Lapway, right? I mean, that's it, just the way it is. And But uh, – Brandon, you look at the other side with Prairie. I know if we start with just these top two, Prairie has played for a state championship every year except for two since 2012. So they might not have won it. They've just happened to meet Lapway in the finals, which if it were to happen this year, it'd be the third time in the last four years that has happened. Yeah, Clay, Prairie has played Lapway nine times in the last two years. They played five times last year, twice in the regular season, twice at districts. And then for the for the state championship game, and then they played an additional. They actually played uh, four more times so far this year. They played uh, twice in the regular season. They met in the championship of the Avista tournament in Lewiston, where Lapway won that, and um, they they also met in the district championship. Can Prairie climb the mountain and topple Lapway if it came to that in the championship? They would have to play a perfect game. Lapway, I mean, Lapway just looks like a monster team right now. Um, but, you know, you've mentioned they've played nine times. Um, they know each other. They know each other very well. They're familiar with each other. They're familiar with each other's styles. Prairie knows how Lapway can be beat. And if anybody can do it, I think it might be Prairie. 
Yeah, Pri- oh, go ahead, Logan. Well, that's the only team that Prairie has lost to, except outside they lost their opening game to Kendrick, who's a 1AD2 qualifier. Outside of that, that's the only loss they have. And those two early games, one of them was a one-possession game. And I think you're right, Clay. If anybody can do it, it would be somebody who's seen them so many times. And and these Prairie players, it's not like they have not played for state championships in the past. They've. It's not going to be a new environment for them. And so I think, you know, Maybe this is the chance for Prairie. Could be. These are the two most experienced teams in the in this tournament, mm-hmm. Prairie and Lapway, and they just happen to get uh, paired up on opposite sides of the bracket. So I think if the uh, I think the championship right now looks like it might go through Northern Idaho. Yes, and even when you look at their first round opponents, if we look at Lapway specifically, they play Lakeside now. And Lapway and Lakeside's boys played in the regular season. It was a pretty entertaining game, and I think a lot of boys fans are hoping for a rematch maybe in the 181 championship there. I think the Lakeside girls also have the type of players that can also uh, keep pace with Lapway's uh, tremendous offense, especially Ariana Javier-Gore. She might be the best player nobody has heard of because Lakeside plays all the way up there in, in Plummer, um, but she really can fill up the net, Logan. Yeah, her and Kaylee Wolf averaging double digits for Lakeside. And and I always say this, that if you want to win tournaments in February or March, you got to have the key players. You got to have somebody step up. And, it you know, if one player decides to step up, look for those two for Lakeside. And you just never know. Like, that's why they play it, right? You know, nobody expected St. Peter's to be in the Elite Eight last year. Yet there they were. Um, I just – I love it because everybody has a chance. And I, I think Lakeside, like you said, they've got some players that can get it done. And Clay, when you look at Prairie's first round opponent, Greenleaf Friends, the number seven seed, obviously tragedy uh, afflicting the entire, not just the Greenleaf community, but really it's the state of Idaho. Uh, last Thursday, as Greenleaf Friends was preparing to play Liberty Charter in the District 3 championship game, uh, head coach Jim Biddick and his wife, uh, Loma, uh, they've, they've, uh, and Loma's been a volleyball coach for years at Greenleaf. And I mean, they are just, when you think of Greenleaf, you think of the Biddicks. They were on their way to the school to get the bus ready to take the team when they were hit by a driver. Um, nobody was wearing a seatbelt. Everybody involved in the accident was ejected from the vehicle. Tragically, uh, Loma passed away. Um, and this all happened in, in a very short amount of time, just prior to really the, t- the district championship game last Thursday. Greenleaf and Liberty decided to not play the game. Both teams were already advancing the state anyways. And this is going to be really hard emotionally for Greenleaf friends um, to come together and in just such a short turnaround, now go compete at state. But you talked about it coming together. This is, you know, through, through this tragedy, um, maybe it is enough to unite them to pull off an upset against Prairie. You know, they're going to go in with a lot on their minds, but with absolutely nothing to lose. And just go in and play with maybe a little bit of swagger and see what you can do against a tough Prairie team. And this was a team, Logan, that you and I have been touting all year on our Treasure Valley prep cast. Um, even, you know, now there's obviously external factors at play, right. but just on the court, we thought Greenleaf was a team that could turn some heads and really some surprise some people. Shay Olson has been a phenomenal athlete yeah. um, across the board. And, you know, she, you know, you just mentioned there, there's a lot of players in this tournament that I think are, you could tout as the best player you've never heard of um, just because these girls maybe don't get as much love as the, 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 the big schools and, but they should, I mean, 
Heck, you look at it per capita, who sends out the most NFL players in the state of Idaho, the 1A schools, right? It just It seems like that. Don't quote me on that. That's just what it seems like. But, uh, you know, Shea Olson, a phenomenal player. This is a Greenleaf team that has not lost since December. I mean, you, you, you can't ignore that fact either, right? That they don't know what a loss looks like. It's been a long time for them. Uh, they want to come out and win that game, and it's going to be tough to do against Prairie, who, again, hasn't lost anybody except Lapway and Kendrick. But can Greenleaf do it? Why not? Why couldn't they? Yep. Uh, we got a comment here from Jared, big uh, Prairie Pirates fan. Prairie Pirates have not gotten the love in the media or coaches' polls. However, in the end, they hit number two for the tourney. They are a true blue-collar team, Lapway playing on another level, but Prairie is due for a win. I like your optimism, Jared. I will say in the coaches' poll, at least, um, they kind of fluctuated between second and third all year. Um, I don't know how much higher you could put them. They were they tied for second in the last coaches poll with the team that's actually the number four seed, Logan, Grace. And this is a real dark horse, I think. Grace is a team that won st- the one year Lapway didn't win state <laughs> in their recent right. run. Grace won the title, and um, they bring they bring a a, a tall front line. They're, they look really good. Yeah, you know they've done it before, and they've been in that. You know, I think. This will be my third year of the last four calling the 1A Division I girls tournament. And I think back, I think it was Mania Clegg that played there at Grace, and she yeah. just was a force down low. And she scared them, right, in some of those games. It was not easy going for those top two teams against Grace. Then Grace comes back and wins that state championship. And you know what? You just throw them into the mix, and you just never know. I mean, heck, look at their football team, right? Throw them into the mix, and all of a sudden they roll their way to a state a championship appearance and you know what that's contagious i think right and and you know what they've again why not um you know they're going to go up against oakley in that first round and that might be a barn burner of a game yeah clay oakley comes in as the five seed this to me is the uh, most intriguing first round matchup that four or five Oakley fans, not a big fan of the max preps rankings they beat raft river two out of three times they split in the regular season won the district championship over Raft River, and yet they're looking up and Raft River's a three seed and, and they're a five. Um, this is a Hornets team that defends. Man, they make it really tough to score. And you said it there, that matchup's going to be the fun one to watch, that four or five team. You know, Grace won Grace won the two matchups that they had this year, um, but they were competitive games. Uh, first one by four points, the second one by 10. But, you know, Oakley's, Oakley's a tough team, and they're going to come in you know, like I said earlier, with a chip on their shoulder, looking to prove that that five ranking was undeserved, that they should have been ranked maybe a little bit higher than that. Yeah, and Oakley uh, won the uh, the Snake River Conference this year, which had like six teams at one point that were all ranked in the coaches' poll. Not all at the same time, but six different teams were ranked, you know, in the coaches' poll at some point. So they they survived this league with Cary and Raft River and Murtaugh and Lighthouse Christian, and they, they knocked them all back. And so Oakley, to me, is the most battle-tested team. Uh, coming into state let's well, let's well if you look okay. sorry i'm jumping in here if you look at oakley like who have they lost to this year right they they lost to raft river okay they lost to grace and and uh and then they lost one to rockland who is dominant in the d2 level like not a bad loss thrown in there for them you know i just think that the, i i think i looked at it the one through the five i don't think any of them lost to a team that is not at state they do not have a bad loss on their record. And so I, it'll be interesting one through five for sure. 
Yes. And then finally, let's talk about Raft River and Liberty Charter. Raft River also plays exceptional defense. Uh, they've got Caroline Schumann down low, who's, who's an anchor defensively. Liberty Charter, perennial state participant. Coach Brad McCain trying to get his team over the hump. They always get to state, but they can't ever seem to put that first foot forward. And so uh, what does Liberty have to do, Logan, if they want to take out Raft River? Uh, score. Honestly, like I think somebody you got to score. I mean, Raff Rivers defense, I mean, you talked about it. They're only allowing 34 points a game. And I, I think if you look up and down the list of the teams here, it, it's going to be who can score the ball because the defenses are going to show up. I mean, Grace is only allowing 35, Lakeside 36, Oakley 26, Raff River 34, Liberty Charter 30, Greenleaf, Greenleaf 27. These are how much they're allowing per game. And I think if Liberty Charter wants to win, they got to score. I mean, you could say that for everybody, but I think specifically against Raft River and that league that they played in, you got to score. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask both of you guys, uh, Logan first, who is your favorite and who is your dark horse in this bracket? Uh, Lapway. I'm not sorry. Like I know that that's, that's the easy, that's the easy answer. Um, but, but it's 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 true. I mean, what if they haven't shown me any reason to not pick them to win the state championship again? I mean, their only loss this year was to Melba, right? And and Melba is unbelievably good. And, you know, they're young younger than they have been. But I just think that they're good and, and, and they're going to get it done. But, you know, the, the dark horse, I mean, it sounds cliche, but prairie as the two that's how dominant lapway is is that your dark horse has to be the number two seed um but like clay said i just think that they know how to get it done they've seen lapway so many times and they have a couple of players on their team that i think that just can step up like Kristen wemhoff she has is averaging almost 20 points per game and i, I just think that that is she is a senior she's played in now two of her three years she's played in a state championship game um this could potentially be her third of four years playing in a state championship game and they want to get it done. I think they're tired of that. And so I think Prairie has a real big chip on their shoulder to get there. Yeah. Logan. And one of my favorite players from state last year, you and I did this one AD one tournament, Tara Schlater from Prairie as well. She reminds me of Dennis Rodman, the way she rebounds the basketball. It's an art form with yeah. Tara Schlater. Clay, who's your, who's your favorite? Who's your dark horse? Favorite, you know, not to a, not to be the dead horse, but Lapway, I just, they've just looked amazing. You know, even with that loss against Melba, it was a close game. Mm -hmm. They hung with, with what could be the best team in the state. You know, lots of people would put Melba up against just about anybody and like their chances. My dark horse, I'm going to go with Raft River. You know, with the way they play defense, if they can come out and just shut a couple teams down, why can't they make it to the title game? That'd be fun for sure. Here's Jody Reeves with the bold prediction for the championship. Grace versus Prairie with the Grizzlies winning it all. Uh, I love it. I love the prediction, Jody. Real quick, guys, before we duck out, too, we want to highlight our 1A D1 players to watch. We selected one player from every team. Not an exhaustive list by any stretch. Just a jumping off point. But here's our 1A D1 players to watch. Tenley Walker of Grace in the district championship over Butte County. She had 14 points and seven steals in one game. 
Shay Olson, Greenleaf, we talked about her. Ariana Javier Gore from Lakeside. Jordan, if you like hyphenated names here, Javier Gore and McCormick Marks. There's two McCormick Marks on Lapway. Jordan is a junior. Jalen is a freshman. Their mom, Ada Marks, is the head coach. Jordan is the reigning 1A D1 tournament MVP. She won that honor as a sophomore last year. Jennabelle Reese from Liberty Charter can really shoot it. Fallon Bedke from Oakley, the six-footer underneath. Kristen Wemhoff, the great point guard for Prairie. And Caroline Schumann, another great center for Rapp River. Clay, which player are you most excited to watch? Um, McCormick Marks. You know, I haven't had a chance to see Lapway play this year, and I'm excited to see what they can do on the court. You know, looking at their – just looking at the scores um, is one thing, but to see them live in action is going to be something else. I'm really excited about that. Logan? Give me Shea. I'm on the Shea train. Shea Olsen. I'm, I think that if, if something – Happen if a player gets hot and creates an upset, that it's going to come from Shea Olsen. And I think, again, that she's probably one of the best players nobody's ever heard of, and she's going to get a chance on a big stage to show off what she's all about. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a lot of fun to check in on that 1AD1 tournament for sure. Logan Green and Clay Hatfield will be bringing you the action all weekend long from the 1AD1 state tournament. Guys, have a good call. Thanks for joining us here. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with the 1A D2 state tournament with my man, Gary Jones. It's on the other side of this break on the IdahoSports.com girls basketball state tournament preview show here on IdahoSports.com. A hit in the morning, another between class, after school, and more before bed. Vaping sucks you in quick. Not to mention all the chemicals and health problems everyone's talking about. That's why thousands of teens are ready to take back their life their own way with My Life, My Quit. When you sign up with us, you'll get a free and simple quit plan that makes it easier to stop vaping. Visit MyLifeMyQuit.com or text StartMyQuit to 36072. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Show. Brandon Bainey joined now by Gary Jones. He will be broadcasting with his brother, Glenn Jones, for the 1AD2 State Tournament. Gary, how are you tonight? Uh Uh-oh, Gary, you've got your mic on mute or something. I can't hear you. Oh, no. See, this is what happens when you're at the end of the line like Gary here on the 1AD2 is we didn't have a chance to check it out before ahead of time. All right, well, while Gary's figuring out that mic, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pivot and bring in Paul Kingsbury as well. He was warming hey. up in the bullpen for the five A preview, which is coming up shortly. But you're a good person to talk to about this one AD two tournament as well because uh, you were on the call for uh, the District Three Championship game last week. Yeah, um, where Council played Garden Valley. So you're a good person to bring on as well. So let's start by saying that all of my one AD two fans that are watching. Throw a chat, uh, throw a comment in the chat. Favorite uh, team, favorite player. Give them a shout out and we'll throw your comment up on the screen. Gary, you back with us? That's the best he's ever sounded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We can say whatever we want right now and he can't defend himself. All right, Gary, I'm going to kick you out and you you re-sign in and uh, click that link and we'll see if that uh, fixes it or not. I'm going to kick you out here. All right. Paul, let's go ahead and take a look at this bracket. Uh, okay. The the 1AD2 bracket here. Number one overall seed is not Rockland, the defending champions. Rockland, right. 
uh, it was kind of fascinating to watch. Rockland had been the number one team in the Max Preps rankings all year long. And then they started district tournament play. And we thought, okay, Rockland's locked in as the one. But since their conference is so big, they got a jump start on districts ahead of everybody else. And so Deary actually, because of, I think it was an opponent that they had played, uh, Deary played somebody, that team got a win that boosted their max preps rating enough to vault Deary into Crazy. the number one spot, even though they didn't win their district, Deary comes in as the number one overall seed. What do you think? Um, you know what? I think that I, I, I'm not sold on this, this new, this new way of doing things as, as much as other people are, um, you know, in, in the old days, it was a preceded bracket. And so really the regular season didn't matter a whole lot. It was what happened in districts. Now districts don't matter a whole lot. It's all about what you do in the regular season. And then you play your whole districts in order to get a trophy. But really, as far as the state tournament goes, uh, you're risking injury. You're risking, uh, you know, three or four other games. Uh, so I don't, I don't, there's gotta be some middle ground there, but so, you know, coming in at the very end. And I mean, it's always a shock, like a Deary win, a team that you played, you know, six weeks ago beats a team that might've played four weeks. I mean, it's, it's a crap shoot the whole way around, but here we are. And Deary's number one. Yep. I think I hear Gary now, Gary. Yeah, I think I fixed it. Oh, look at that. Tech wizard, Gary Jones. All right. Put Not the really. <laughs> Not really. All right. Can I go back to the green room? It was finishing a sandwich back there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and get lost. We'll see you later, Paul. Bye. Hasta, hasta la vista. All right, Gary. We've already got comments rolling in here from our 1AD2 fans, specifically uh, from Jeff. He says, Rockland Bulldogs. And he says, Ledor, also a dark horse, Gary. So Rockland is the defending champs. They've won two of the last three 1AD2 championships. They're sitting there as the number two seed overall. And I think they got a tough draw. Rockland and Kendrick, to me, are are the two best teams. And there they are on the same side of the bracket as the two and three seed. What do you think? Boy, the, when I first looked at this thing, I was amazed at the max prep rankings, to be honest with you. I... I was the first one allowed us guy to say seed these tournaments. I just don't know if we have the best seeding because uh, it's far different what the coaches have voted. The coaches have voted Rockland and Kendrick one and two, and Max Prep has Rockland and Kendrick two and three. They have Council at six. That one really surprised me because Council has five losses, but two of them are to Grangeville, a 2A school, two of them are to McCall, a 3A school, and the other loss is Lapway. So I thought Council at the sixth seed was really low. And Derry is ranked fourth in the coaches' pool, pool, and they're number one in Max Prep. I would just like to know how Max Prep is doing. That's all. I just want to know what, what's their formula. Yeah, it's like the KFC 11 herbs and spices. You'll be a dead man before <laughs> you will ever figure that out. Um, okay, so uh, I agree. I think an easy solution to this is – um, the way that the 4A football playoffs uh, ran their postseason until this past year where, you know, the five districts, those five district champions automatically get the top five seeds. Now, the, you can still seed those five teams by their max preps. And then your three at-large teams, your three non-district champs get six, seven, and eight automatically. I think that's a good compromise, but uh, another topic for another day. Um, so this Deary team on the bottom half of the bracket, do they have what it takes to, to get to the championship game? Well, Max Prep certainly thinks they do. 
Um, one thing I noticed about this tournament when I first looked at it is that there are five teams coming back from last year and four of them won medals. Rockland, Rockland accounts were back. They met in the state championship game and Rockland won. Um, Deary's coming back. They won third over Richfield last year. Kendrick's coming back and they beat Ledor for the Constellation Championship. Ledor's the returning team that didn't win a game last year. They were 0 for 2. But they're my dark horse because they're the smallest public school in Idaho. And who doesn't root for somebody like that? I mean, everybody, I talked to the secretary and got names. And I asked her how many kids they had in high school. She told me 54. So they have to draw all their sporting events, all their at teams. I don't know how many sports they run. But they got it. They got only got 54 kids to pick from. So when a team like Letter goes to state, it's kind of a cool thing. And that'd be my dark horse. But I would rock. Rockland has won. Let me look at my notes here. Rockland has won nine games in a row. They're defending champs. Um, they haven't. I mean, until somebody beats Rockland, I don't know how you don't put Rockland number one. They didn't lose a lot last year. And um, they're back with a terrific record, 20 and three. The only other team that's pretty hot right now, too, is Dietrich. They've won 14 games in a row. And Dietrich has a lot of history in girls' basketball. If you go way back to AC Shaw, and uh, they've won a lot of championships. So I'm not surprised to see Dietrich back in the mix again. Yeah, and they had been on a little bit of a drought in terms of getting to state. It had been a couple years for Dietrich. So it's nice to see them back in the mix. We got a lot of Ledor fans here, Gary. Uh, Doug and Tanya say go Ledor. And we've got uh, Janet Parole, the uh, the head coach of the Ledor uh, Lady Mustangs and the athletic director. Well, Ledor won a game last year. I think what you meant to say, Gary, was Ledor was the team that didn't get a medal um, in the. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Let, Ledor got to that consolation final um, where they fell short. That's right. My bad. And, and everyone will remember last year, Kendrick and Deary had to play each other in the opening round at state and Kendrick was the team that had beaten Deary twice in the regular season, but Deary was the team that got him at state. So that was an interesting first round matchup a year ago. We don't have any of that this year. Um, let's talk about Clark Fork, the Wampus cats. Um, they come in as the champions from district one. They obviously are well acclaimed in volleyball over the past couple of years. It's a lot of those same athletes now playing in basketball and call me crazy. I don't know if, if I'm picking one eight seed throughout this whole weekend to, to get a win in the opening round i'm putting it on the wampus cats well first of all they got one of the coolest nicknames in idaho the wampus cat i just love it <laughs> but if you look at their record they're seven and twelve and th this one id two bracket is stacked rockland and dietrich are both 20 and three deary 17 and two kendrick 16 and two council's 14 and five and i told you there are five losses coming against teams that are much larger than them letters 19 and four I mean, is there really a dark horse in all those records? I don't think so. So maybe, you know, Clark Fork is the true dark horse. By way of their record, they're just 7-12. and 12. They're the yeah, only I mean, team under 500 in this tournament. Yeah, and they just they have to play a lot of schools that are bigger than them just because of geography and where they're located, so they do take a lot of losses. Dylan Hart says Council is underestimated and has four returning starters, lots of height, speed, and experienced coaching. Oh, one of the best in Paula Tucker for sure. Um, and council, yes, as the six Gary, I'm looking at this and really like, if I'm looking at this logistically three of the top 
four, definitely top five teams are all in this top half of the bracket with Rockland, Kendrick, and Council. That's going to be a slobber knocker to see who emerges. It really is. And I Council's the one team I've seen in all these eight that are going to state. I went up and did their district championship game. And, I mean, they looked really, really good. They've got a good center, Michaela Hart, who is ambidextrous. She can shoot just as well with her left hand as she can her right. And Council wants to run you to death. They want to fast break you, and they also shoot a lot of threes. In fact, I noticed Paula Tucker had a drill before the game. I I talked to my brother, Glenn. We were both sitting there, but we weren't on the air yet. And I said, look at this drill they're doing. I've never seen anybody do it. And it was a shooting drill where every player shoots a three-pointer and goes after their own rebound. I mean, every player. There was uh, the big center, Michaela Hart, was shooting those threes, too. It was a drill where you only shot threes, and they did it for like three minutes or so. I thought it was interesting that uh, anything Paula Tucker does is good because that girl's that one heck of a coach. Yes, uh, great athletic director there at council as well. And then tell me a little bit about Garden Valley, the seven seed, tall order right away. Um, They've got a lot of multi-sport athletes, a lot of girls that also cheerlead. Gracie Castillo famously wrestles and also plays basketball. What do do you make of Garden Valley? Um, They've got a really good player in Cadence Jacobs. She's a 5'5 junior who really runs around the court with the ball a lot. You know, they got blown out by council in the first half. I mean, I can't remember the score, but even in the first quarter, they almost got down by 20 because council just roared ahead of Garden Valley. And you think they might quit and go, this is, they lost by 30 points the first two times they played council. So there should be a little quit in them when council started smashing them again in the first half of that championship game. But they came back out, they actually outscored council in the second half. And they came back and got the game to in single digits, ended up losing by 14 or 15. But it showed me that they had a lot of uh, weather, uh, they had a lot of gumption to stay with it. They weren't going to be blown away by the scoreboard. So, uh, and they'd already lost to this team handily twice. So there was no quit in Garden Valley. I can tell you that. So uh, I think you already said your favorite is kind of Rockland and your, your dark horse is Council. Uh, I will say my favorite is Kendrick. I really like the Tigers. They got all the way to the championship two years ago um, and and came up just short. And then, of course, got knocked off by Deary in the first round last year. And my dark horse is Ledor. I can easily see Ledor in the championship game. They've got Mackenzie Mackey, Sadie Bird, two dynamic players. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it's uh, Rockland Ledor, maybe an all East Idaho final. We'll have to wait and see there. Um, they got a solid record 19 and four as a number five seed in the max prep. So, like I said, I kind of like the route for Ledor because they are the smallest school, public school in Idaho. I think there's some small, smaller private schools, but they're the smallest public school. So, I kind of have to root for them. And their backs were against the wall. They'd lost to Mackey in the regular season. They'd lost to Mackey in the district semifinals. They played Mackey on Saturday night in the third place game for that second and final bid to state. And Ledor got it done when it counted most. So that was such a big win for them. And Mackey, Mackey was a team that was deserving to be here at state. That's just the way the, the bids and the representation go. And bummer for Mackey for sure. Here's our 1A D2 players to watch, Gary. We picked one from each team. And again, we could have listed, you know, five, six from every squad. Uh, we've got Emily Myers from Clark Fork, Michaela Hart, the great ambidextrous center for council, Trinity Wood of Deary, 
Haley Estelle from Dietrich, a great athlete. Gracie Castillo from Garden Valley. She's also a phenomenal wrestler. Uh, Haley Taylor, the point guard for Kendrick. Mackenzie Mackey of Lenore we just talked about. And Taylee Boyer of Rockland. She's Kearsley Boyer's younger sister. Which player are you most excited to watch at State? Probably Taylee Boyer from Rockland, because I remember from last year. Like, I remember a lot of these players from last year, Trinity Wood and uh, Michaela Hart. But Rockland was a, was a fun team to watch. They just play really well, and they play good defense, especially, you know, the boys, I believe, and I'm mistaken, one last year, too. Yes. So they pulled off the daily double. And both teams are similar. They play really good defense, and they are very efficient on offensive. So. I remember Taylor Bohr. I'm looking forward to seeing her again. Yeah, among new players, uh, Gary, I think you'll be I think you'll be uh pleased with Haley Estelle for Dietrich. She's she's a really fun player uh to watch as well. I'm I'm curious to see what your thoughts are after uh the state tournament. But that's the one A D two state tournament. A Jones sandwich. Gary Jones and Glenn Jones on the call. Here's what they're all playing for. I put it on again. I got my championship ring out. Yeah, go ahead and hold that up to the go ahead and hold that up to the camera, Gary. Let's see. It's my baseball state championship ring. I won in '94. At New from Jostens. Everybody wants to get the ring, and then you're immortal. You know, as soon as you win one, they can't ever take it away from you. And that was actually what hit me when we finally won. I thought, well, this I finally did it, and they can't take it away. Yeah, a lot of coaches that are used to winning a lot of games at this 1AD2 state tournament. Of course, only one can hold up that blue plophy, I call it, the plaque trophy, the plophy. <laughs> but I want to slip in one last thing. And the power rank is what you know are so accurate on idolsports.com. Dietrich should win state. They're the number one ranked power rank team with their algorithm. Okay. Hey, we'll see. Uh, if Dietrich wins, that's right. The power rankings for idolsports.com called it first. All right, Gary, uh, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. We'll see you. All right, we will wrap up now with the 5A state tournament preview right after this break. You're watching the 2023 Idaho Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. Taking the hard path isn't always easy. It takes courage and determination to do hard things. Quitting tobacco and vaping is possible. You decide when. We'll show you how. Learn more at projectfilter.org or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. All right, welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Our last breakdown of the night, the 5A State Tournament. Let's bring in, with matching hats, Smokey the Bear and Smokey's Helper, it's Paul Kingsbury and Scott Burton. What's going on, you chuckleheads? <laughs> We've been called worse by better people. Yes, we have. And uh, we did not plan that, by the way. That just happened. Yeah, it's just the way it happens when we work together. It's 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 uncanny, and, really. And, you know what? and the subtitles? I didn't even see you did that. I, I didn't even notice. I mean, I was doing it it's because I, I just think so highly of Paul. We should do a DNA test and see if we were twins. <laughs> Yeah, real, real left, right here, guys. Scott, are you wearing your lapel mic? I am. Yeah, you want to move that a little closer, a little higher up? We're having a hard time hearing you. That's not always a bad thing, Brandon. That's, mm. uh, well, I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but all right. We've got some residual 1A D2 comments rolling in. Rachel says, go Dietrich. That's a team we've talked about a lot this year on the Magic Valley Prep cast, Scott. 
uh, yeah. for sure at the 1A D2 level. Friendly reminder to all of our 5A fans that are watching, give your favorite team or player a shout out. We'll throw it up on the screen. And while you're checking out our 5A breakdown, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, uh, hit that like button if you would. And also share this because not everybody could be here live tonight. Um, and they want to check it out tomorrow, Wednesday, or maybe even Thursday morning before the action really gets going. They'll have a much easier time finding this uh, with the algorithms and all that stuff if you like it and share it. So thanks for doing that. All right, gentlemen, let's break down this 5A state basketball tournament. I'm going to throw the bracket up on the screen here. There it is. Paul, right away, what's the first thing that stands out to you when you look at this bracket? There's so many good teams on this bracket. Uh, you know, up and down, you know, looking at, you know, you, and you can look at records, but also looking at who's beaten who and who's played who, you know, you look at Coeur d'Alene. I mean, I think that's a pretty valid number one seed, but Boise might argue that. Um, and they're at number four. Uh, Boise's beaten, uh, you know, half the teams on this bracket in the regular season. Timberline coming in at number six. Well, they're the defending champions. I mean, sure, they lost Sophie Clancy, Audrey Taylor, but they've got a lot back. They've got a a freshman that's, you know, almost averaging a double-double. Um, a lot of youth on that Timberline team. And they're coached by Andy Jones. And any team coached by Andy Jones, I tend to bet on. And, by the way, I, I bet on the Chiefs and won. So you can't really – I'm kind of, you know, one for one this weekend. Can't beat that. <laughs> but, you know, just, just up and down. Seriously, up and down this. Uh, you, you have to take that number in front of all the teams away and, and just play the games. You know, I, I'm looking at potentially – uh, you know, and they tried to with the new rankings uh, and seeding, they tried to get away from having that state championship in the semifinals. And you're not going to get away from that in this 5A bracket because the teams that make the semifinals, uh, they're all going to be deserving of a championship. I mean, Boise, Coeur d'Alene, I see them going into that uh, semifinal on the bottom side of the bracket. I mean, those two teams, uh, I'm really excited to see that. And even on the other side of the bracket, the teams lose. Those are going to be great games. I mean, they're, they're, there's not a snoozer um, on this bracket. I mean, sometimes you get those matchups where you're like, well, you know, that's going to be a long game. But Eagle, yeah, sure, they're, they're, they're number eight, but they're not, they're not a number eight. It just happened to be that they have to order them one through eight, and that's where they landed. So top to bottom, there's a lot of good teams on this 5A bracket. Scott, what's the first thing that jumps out to you on this bracket? Well, I mean, just to kind of echo what Paul said, there are five teams in this tournament that have 20-plus wins. I mean, this field is legit. And I, I think you can really shuffle these teams around and make an argument for whatever the bracket kind of shakes out and who plays who. You know, the, uh, the, the thing that kind of stands out to me a little bit is Thunder Ridge, who struggled down the stretch. They have two losses, both to Rigby. Uh, had to get a play-in game. Uh, against Mountain View to get here. And, you know, and they were the number two ranked team in the coaches poll that just kind of stumbled down the stretch. Well, if they're able to get by number seven, Rocky, and Rigby wins as well, well, here we go again. You know, Thunder Ridge taking on Rigby, who is the only team to have beaten Thunder Ridge this year. So that matchup really kind of stands out to me a little bit as well. But, you know, you look at, uh, Paul brought it up, the defending champs, uh, Timberland at 20 and five. You know, they've got losses to Eagle, Hawaii, and Boise, all three of them in this tournament. And uh, these teams that are in this tournament, they have kind of beaten each other. Yeah. Uh, but you can't help but look at Coeur d'Alene. 
you know, and, and we talk about this all the time, whether it's 5A, 4A, whatever, teams out of the North tend to always kind of be that little, you know, mystery machine because you yeah. don't know what you're getting. But this Coeur d'Alene team, 21-2, and two, and their two losses are to California teams, including a very popular team that uh, most people in yeah. sports have heard about, uh, Matter Day. And, and other than that, that Coeur d'Alene team, with all the wins, 21 wins, only two of them have been in single digits. Every win, 19 of them, have been double digits or more. So, I mean, well, it, they've it, also beaten Eagle and Rocky, yes, you know, have. as far as cross opponents. Um, really, nobody else on here, but they're they're on the bracket and they beat them. So, yeah, I mean, what Scott said, they they beat each other. They're good. They're, they're, they're the number one for a reason. I think that worked out. I think a 1B is probably Boise, in my opinion, but it's it's going to be close. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of familiarity amongst these teams, as you guys talked about. Uh, Eagle yeah. specifically, uh, their coach, Jeremy Monroe, uh, emailed me a couple weeks back and uh, said, Is he hey, still the neat. coach? Yeah. <laughs> is Jer- Jeremy still there? Yeah. <laughs> and he, 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 he told me, he goes, hey, if you need help with your 5A power rankings, I'm your guy because I've seen them all. <laughs> he has played every team in this field. Except for Rigby, he's seen Thunder Ridge, he's seen Coeur d'Alene, he even saw Lake City and Post Falls from up north who who didn't make it to state that that could have been here, certainly. So, uh, and he told me, he goes, the team that's legit and real is Coeur d'Alene. And wouldn't you know it, that's who Eagle gets right out of the gate. Um, Eagle yeah. is a team that won that play-in game over Lake City. I don't think many people gave Eagle a chance uh, to advance out of that game, um, Paul. So that was a huge victory for Eagle. And uh, I guess they're on a tour of slaying teams from the North. They took out Lake city. Why not Coeur d'Alene? And why not? You know, and that's where, you know, any given Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, each of these teams could beat the other team um, Eagle included. So, um, and I was just kidding about Jeremy. Great coach, great coach. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, Jeremy, but yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. Jeremy coached under, under me when I was varsity coach here. And, uh, you know, he's a energetic coach. He's got him playing well down the stretch. I mean, this is an Eagle team that started the season 0-6 and really was trying to find an identity. And then they rattled off five in a row, and then they just started continuously battling and playing better down the stretch. So, you know, a lot of times we look at the numbers, like you said, Paul, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, whatever it is, yeah. it's not always about that. It's sometimes about who's playing the best coming down the stretch because you can get a team – Yep. And I bring Thunder Ridge into this conversation who basically cruise and all of a sudden they're not supposed to be in a play in game to get to state, but here they are. Right. And uh, they're 24 and two. And you look at that overall record and you're like, well, they have been cruising all year. Well, you know, look down the stretch. How do teams finish? And, and it tells a, a different story sometimes. Speaking of finishes, uh, on the opposite end, Scott already touched on it. Thunder Ridge went undefeated in the regular season, then lost twice in a row to Rigby, including by 20 in the district championship game at Rigby's place. Now, they took care of business in their play-in game against Mountain View. By the way, shot of the year, Destiny Thompson from Mountain View in that loser-out game at districts against CUNA, uh, hitting that beyond half-court shot as time expired. Um, But Thunder Ridge wins the game they need to, Paul. Can they get it turned around in time? Uh, because I look at their half of the bracket, and I really think whether it's Rigby or Timberline that they would meet in the semifinals, both games yep. are tricky. You know, they are very, very tricky. And I, and I think they have pulled it together, you know, looking at it, um, my notes here, you know, Aspen Caldwell, 
she's a senior, she's five, seven, but she's a shooter. And it's not just any particular spot. She shoots outside. She shoots inside the three point line. She shoots underneath the hoop. I mean, she is a score all the way around, you know, Kennedy Stenquist, uh, Marley Spencer, uh, Montana Western uh, commit. They've got players that know how to play and yeah, they, they beat Rigby twice and then they lost to Rigby twice. I'm sure they're not really jonesing real hard to get back to Rigby in the semifinals. Um, I, I think it would almost be a detriment to, I, I don't like seeing those, those regular season uh, conference opponents play in the semifinals. I'm not a fan of that, but in the five, a, it, it, it always happens that way. Cause there's so many five, a SIC teams. So if they come through and, and I think Timberline, even though there are six, I mean, a lot of times you see the three and the six and go that that's going to be the, the yawner of the day. And, and that's not the case this time. I actually see Timberline playing very well in that one. Um, and, and possibly coming out beating them. So I think both semifinals are going to be good. I think Thunder Ridge is going to be in that top half of the bracket in the semifinals. Um, I think it's going to be a struggle to get out of the semis for them, but I think it's possible. Yeah, I I, I like Timberline over Rigby in, in the first round. Rigby fans are going to hate that. <laughs> but that's I just, I don't know, T- Timberline has uh, a lot of players back from last year's team. Um, and and yeah. are capable of, of making that run for sure. Coeur d'Alene, though, I agree with you guys. Their focus is so laser sharp right now. They they very famously missed out on state last year at the yeah. kind of having a similar regular season. They they ran roughshod through their district up north. They were the number one seed at districts. They lost to Lake City and Post Falls in back-to-back games. And just like that, they didn't even have the chance to play their way into state in a play-in game. One yeah. of the best teams in Idaho left at home. And because of that, Paul, uh, like Scott said earlier, Coeur d'Alene to me is the overwhelming favorite. I think like we're going to see in two weeks on the boys' side with Lake City, um, because of a stumble and a stubbed toe last year, their focus is laser sharp and and look out. Yeah, yeah, with Maddie Simons, Tegan Colvin, uh, it's it's really a two-headed monster between those two. Uh, And and those are going to be exciting players to watch. In fact, up and down, um, Mm -hmm. you you look at the the points per game for these teams – I mean, Coeur d'Alene is, I think, got the most. It's almost 62 points a game. Um, and Thunder Ridge is right there as well. Uh, basically, I think that in every game, and I'm going to keep track of this, I think the first team to 50 wins, no matter what the game is. Whoever gets to 50 first wins. Because they all average above. I think the lowest one is um, Eagle, and I think they average 46 points a game. So there's a, a lot of points are going to be scored in this 5A girls tournament. There's going to be a lot of threes taken um whether they they hit them that's that's to be seen just because it's a it's a much different court uh than they're they're used to playing on but i like i like the action of all these teams you know looking at the stats and looking at the players it's fast-paced it's it's energetic basketball and they're not they're they're not afraid to wing it they've got the green light uh from outside the arc anytime they want that's the kind of basketball i love to watch Mm -hmm. You know, and another thing that is really interesting with the 5A tournaments, because they're all played at the Idaho Center. And the Idaho Center is such a different venue if you've never played in it before. Because, I mean, these teams are so used to being in these enclosed spaces, uh, backdrops behind the backboards and whatnot. And four of these teams are brand new to the state tournament. You know, so it's always interesting to see how they adapt to that surrounding. And, you know, playing here, there is some experience uh, that, that does carry you through the five A's, especially, I think, at least in my experience of broadcasting these tournaments, is that teams need to kind of get acclimated to their settings. And, yeah. you know, you look at, 
You look at Thunder Ridge. Uh, they were the consolation champions last year when they beat Post Falls. You know, Rocky, they're new this year. Rigby lost in their third place game to Lake City last year. Timberline, um, you know, talked about them already. Defending state champs beat Boise 36-35. And well, Boise's back in it. And mm-hmm. then he wasn't here. Coeur d'Alene wasn't here. And Eagle wasn't here. So yep. let's see if that plays a part at all. Be interesting to see. Yeah, that was the one team I was going to ask you about next, Paul, is a Waihe. Um, you, you mentioned Tegan Colvin, the great uh, point guard for Coeur d'Alene. She transferred in from Washington State. Uh, Hawaii, of course, had Sid Rodriguez transfer from Bora to Hawaii. And I, and I read this somewhere, and I can't remember where it was, but then she was ruled basically not eligible for the postseason. And so that's something that Hawaii had to adjust to. And yet, it didn't really alter them that much. They still got a top four finish at districts in that auto yeah. bid. This is a young Hawaii team. Right. Um, yeah. So what do you think? Well, like you said, they're young. I mean, they've got, you know, Josie Davis, defensive specialist as a sophomore. I think she led the the SIC in steals last year. Um, if I, if I saw that correctly. So she's, I'm, I'm, I'm a defense guy. And so I, I appreciate good defense. So I'm looking forward to seeing her. But like you said, you know, Sid Rodriguez, just a junior, almost 13 points a game. Uh, Roy, a sophomore, nine points a game. And these are five ASIC schools that are, um, you know, starting sophomores. They're playing freshmen, you know, led by juniors. Uh, and they're in the state tournament. So, you know, what that means is we're going to be seeing these teams in the next year or two as well as those players develop. And, and why he being such a new school, you know, you're, you're kind of used to seeing teams like that have young kids. What you don't expect to see is them be at state in almost every single sport and winning state and all in, in everything they do. I mean, why he's just this anomaly that, uh, they hit, uh, you know, the Idaho sports scene, you know, they hit the ground running and they, they really haven't stopped. So this is why he teams are young, but they're very, very, very talented, uh, with, with a lot of potential in the next year or two. Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a look at our five, a players to watch. This is again, not a comprehensive list by any stretch. We picked one player from every team. Avery Howell, the six footer from Boise, such a phenomenal athlete. Yes. Matt, Maddie Simmons from Coeur d'Alene. She has committed to the university of Wyoming division one school in the mountain West page Kofer of Eagle. Great guard out front. Josie Davis. Uh, you just mentioned from Hawaii, Paul, uh, Cambry Barber, uh, from Rigby, that spelling is wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that right now, Paul. It's Cambry with a K and then two E's at the end. She's the daughter of head coach Todd Barber. Yeah, that guy's fired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brielle Magnuson of Rocky Mountain. Scott, you mentioned Rocky new to state this year. Brielle is not, though. She was at state as a member of the Post Falls Trojans two years ago. And then she moved from Post Falls to, to Rocky Mountain. And so Brielle Magnuson back at state for Rocky. Aspen Caldwell, Idaho Vandal commit for Thunder Ridge, and Piper Davis of Timberline. Scott, which player are you most excited to watch? Well, here's here's the thing. And, you know, having seen these state tournaments, broadcast them, coached in them, there is a common denominator when you get to state. And it, it does hold true to both boys and girls. And that is how much can you produce in the paint? Because you are out of your own comfort zone. You're out of your own gymnasium. And so two people jump out to me as potential uh, really difference makers in this tournament. Avery Howell for Boise, uh, the six-foot junior, averaging 20 points a game and 12 boards. I mean, this is a double-double every time she 
steps onto yeah. the floor. And you can't afford to foul her either because she shoots 78% from the free throw line. Yep. You know, so this is a player that can get it done inside and out. And she also is not afraid to jack up a three. So that's one that jumps out to me. And this is a team that has been to the state title game. They lost by a point last year. Maybe they have a little chip on their shoulder. I don't know. But the other one that jumps out is uh, Cambry Barber from Rigby, the other six foot junior post. Um, because if you are going to advance in this tournament, you better figure out how to score in the paint because you're not always going to get it done from the perimeter. And that's why those two things jump out to me. Yeah, and the, and the list of suitors lining up for Avery Howell's services, Hawaii, Pacific, uh, Gonzaga, um, no shortage of teams that are clamoring for Avery Howell's services. And, and again, uh, New Mexico. I mean, she is only a junior, so that's only going to yeah. increase next year. Paul, which player are you most excited to see? Well, I wish you would have asked me first because I had Avery Howell. And, and, and it was really because she's six foot, she's a junior, and she shoots 36% from the, from the three-point line. And, and it's not like she's shot five, five three-pointers. I mean, she's 23 for 64. So like Scott said, she's not afraid to jack them up. And, and I, that, that is exciting basketball to me. Now, the other one, you know, part you know, 1B is Maddie Simons. And, and the reason why is, so she got you know, her thousand points end of her sophomore year, beginning of her junior year. I mean, it was, it was a long time ago in her past that she got a thousand points in her career. And one thing that I've seen at state tournaments over the years and years, we've done this. Sometimes those, those big time scores don't when they get to state and they, they struggle a little bit for whatever reason. And so I'm interested to see Maddie Simons who comes in as, you know, one of the, uh, that with that reputation of being such a big score, uh, does it, um, during these games. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how this turns out, but yeah, I was, I was in the Avery Howell camp as well, just because I like seeing the big shoot. <laughs> a couple of, couple of, uh, parent daughter, uh, coaching duos, uh, the barbers at Rigby. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Nicole Simmons, the coach at, uh, Coeur d'Alene, uh, as well. And her daughter is, is Maddie. So yeah, uh, no matter how you slice it, this five, a tournament is going to be fantastic. And that's why we put our very best on it, Scott and Paul. So, and you saved the best for last. <laughs> yeah. You saved the best for last tonight. Yeah. I, you know what? We're, we're going to forgive you of all the diva comments that you were throwing at us earlier today. Um, yeah. I still did not get the purple Skittles waiting for me. I do expect them when I get to the Idaho center, Brandon, <laughs> yeah, uh, they'll be purple, all right, but it'll be because I've I've sucked all the red out of the uh, the red ones, and it's just the faint purple color that's yeah. left. Fantastic, nice. fantastic. Yep. All right. Well, big thanks to everybody that tuned in uh, to watch tonight our live uh, Idaho girls basketball state tournament preview show. Uh, this isn't going anywhere. Uh, if you weren't able to catch it live, you can always watch it on replay. Uh, at the idahosports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. We will also be pu uh, publishing this into every podcast feed, whether you listen to the North Idaho PrepCast, the Treasure Valley PrepCast, the Magic Valley PrepCast, or the East Idaho PrepCast. We're going to put the, the audio version of this podcast into your podcast feed. Uh, you should see it sometime tomorrow. And so you can uh, listen to it. If you want to go on a one hour and 42 minute run somewhere, you can, uh, <laughs> you can listen to that tomorrow well, or like even in a row, time. like all that, like uh, in a row, you know, I don't think anybody up, does that. No. I, who does that? Jeez. Yeah. Unless you're being chased, but even then who chases you for that long? Hey, yeah, I have one more thing. I may have misspoke because I think I may have said Rocky was not at the state tournament last year. And I think they were. Um, so I'm not, 
100% sure what I said, but I just don't want to hate mail from Rocky saying that uh, I got them wrong. They were not at state last year. Okay. So anyway, but uh, yeah, going to be a great tournament. We are looking very forward to this. There are so many good teams and good players. So, yep, absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, from 5A all the way down to 1A D2, we will have every nanosecond of state tournament action for you this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on IdahoSports.com. To find the game you want to listen to, just click on the Game Streams tab on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. And while you're there, uh, we've got uh, all the brackets. We're going to have scouting reports. We're going to have everything you need to get ready. If, if this primer wasn't enough for you, we got more data at the homepage, IdahoSports.com. You can check it all out there. All right. For Paul Kingsbury and Scott Burton and everybody who tuned in tonight and everybody who contributed, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you at State. Oh, my gosh. It's finally here. We'll see you for a wild three days in Boise. Uh, thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.